Well, Vietnam, up until the war on terror, was the longest standing war the United States had been actively involved in. Also known as the Second Indochina War, which erupted in November of 1955, and finally concluded in April of 1975. And with that, more than 58,000 U.S. service members lost their lives in that war. And the American public was not all rallies and yellow ribbons in support of the men and women who returned from Vietnam. As a matter of fact, there was no real official welcome home for those who did return. But regardless of public opinion, heroics was still found and fought on the battlefield. Young men, the average age being 19, quickly grew into seasoned leaders. And our next guest, a Hollywood film director, brought to life one of these individuals' heroics and the battle to get his heroics recognized, even though he died in combat. Today, we'll discuss the new film, The Last Full Measure, and what it means to be a true leader. So welcome to the Military Wire with Mike Schindler. This is a podcast where we interview America's most elite men and women who have served this country. We share their stories of overcoming, their proven lessons in leadership, and their journey to finding mission and purpose. Our guest today is Todd Robinson, who has worked alongside Ridley Scott, Sidney Pollock, Shakar Kapoor, Jan, uh, Jan DeBoe, Michael Bay. Rob, uh, Robinson also wrote and directed the feature film noir thriller Lonely Hearts, starring John Travolta, James Gandolfini, uh, Salma Hayek, Jared Leto, and Lauren Dern. He also wrote and produced White Squall that starred Jeff Bridges, Ryan Phillip, and Jeremy Sisto and Scott Wolf. His network series credits include The Young Riders, Life Goes On, Law and Order, Special Victims Unit, and The Outsiders. In 2018 and 19, Robinson served as a supervising producer and writer on NBC Universal's Chicago PD, starring Jason Bay. Robinson is an experienced aerobatic pilot and spends his free time restoring antique aircraft. He is also the director of the soon-to-be-released film, The Last Full Measure, which tells the true story of Vietnam War hero William Pitsenberger, starring Jeremy Irvine, a U.S. Air Force pararescueman, also known as a PJ medic, who personally saved over 60 men. Todd, welcome to the Military Wire. Good morning, Michael. Yeah, so this is so good. Todd, let me just say that uh, I, I got the opportunity to preview the, preview the film uh, many memorable scenes in there. I, I, A-list cast, i got to tell you, I mean, you got Samuel L. Jackson, you got Peter Fonda. You, I, I mean, it, the cast is a, r- remarkable. And what I thought was pretty interesting for me was it's not a remake of Platoon. Every scene isn't filled with battle, uh, which oftentimes when we see war movies, that's kind of what we expect. Uh, but I found that this film is pretty memorable for me anyway because the heart, the, the battle for right in the writing, so many great lines in this movie. And it just got me to thinking, uh, with all the stuff that's going on, and, and certainly Vietnam is certainly, you know, 50 years in the past, why this movie now? Well, you know, I'm struck with that uh, that number that you did in your intro, the 58,000 lost in Vietnam, because it doesn't really represent completely accurately what happened. That does not, that may be, it may represent the names on the wall in Washington, D.C., but it doesn't fully represent all those who were lost in that war because 
people who came home and were and died later of their wounds or were lost to suicide, um, which yeah, is great point. A, 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 a chronic problem are, are not accounted for on that wall. So uh, it, it's it's even a bigger a, a bigger issue, I, I think, than we think it is. Um, but um, the, you know, I was just about old enough. Uh, to be thinking about being drafted for that war. I was a few years too young. Uh, but people in my neighborhood um, went. Um, some of them came back. Some of them didn't. Uh, and the ones who did come back were, uh, were not the same. I remember yeah. my fourth grade teacher, uh, her son went and returned. And I remember this. He, he looked like he, he fell off the cover of Sergeant Pepper, you know. Mm. <laughs> he had yeah. he had the round glasses yeah. and the mustache and the beetle kind of haircut. And he came to our fourth grade class, and I guess she brought him there to somehow share. And the very first thing some kid asked him was, well, how many people did you kill? Yeah. And he, yep. and he got that 10,000-yard stare. And it, it, that struck me, even as a young kid. And... Within a year, he took his own life. Mm. So for me, uh, even as a young child, that war, as um, as distant as it seemed, you know, it, I mean, it existed for me in some ways uh, on a black and white television screen, which is the way uh, I experienced it. And yet it, it became very real because I could I could see on a very personal level the effects. And so... I, it wasn't as if I were looking for uh, a Vietnam War movie or war story to tell, but when it came, it uh, triggered things in me that um, I didn't really know were there. Um, and it, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say it's you know it's so interesting because we still have those who served in Vietnam, many of them still alive. I mean, you know, my my biological father did two tours in Vietnam. My uncle did a tour. You know, my grandfather did a tour. I mean, it, it was it was generational for me. And it, it's it's you know, oftentimes when we think Vietnam, we think you know people come back broken. To your point, those names, I, I think, in fairness, you're 100 percent right. Todd, the, the names on the wall do not represent all those who were lost because of that war. And I just found it so compelling that here you've got, and we'll get to the title, The Last Full Measure, where that comes from, but the story is good. It's great, uh, in my opinion. And it, I, I'm just like, but why now? Why was it the right season, do you think, for people to say, listen, let's not forget these men and women and certainly the families that were impacted by this? Or was there something super compelling behind saying, okay, now's the time to tell the story and get it out to the market? Well, I've been trying to tell the story for 20 years, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I heard about it back in 1999 when I became involved, and um, because of the vagaries of the film business, um, which had not gotten better. Um, it was, you know, my partners and I, it was through sheer stubbornness that we eventually got this movie made. But, uh, but there is, uh, something sort of magical, um, uh, that, that takes over with, with movies and, um, and, and sort of the, the movie gods smile down on you and they say, okay, now we're going to allow you to do it, you know, and maybe I wasn't ready, uh, you know, early on, uh, who knows, yeah. but I can tell you, but I can tell you that, you know, I think first, firstly, and this is true of any subject really about every 20 years, there's a cycle where 
uh, I think we become naturally reflective on cycles that take place, and several of those have passed uh, with this gener- generation of warriors uh, and the, and the people that surround them, their families, and um, and so there was a for me uh, it, it was about 34 years after the event, which took place in 1966, uh, that the story came to me. And then it took another 20 years to get the film actually to the screen. So uh, through all of that wow. time, there, there was an awful lot of reflecting and interacting with these veterans. And uh, frankly, we're losing them every year. Uh, and we, Sidney Sherman, my partner and I, Julian Adams, you know, we all, uh, you know, just knew sort of instinctively that we had to get this done because the men we were making it for, um, you know, were passing. And um, so on a personal level, because we became friends with all of these vets, um, we wanted to do this for them and their families. Um, we, Mrs. Pitsenbarger got to see the movie. She passed away a few months wow. ago. Um, I, I had the opportunity to meet Frank Pitsenbarger early on. Um, so, you know, you just we made this promise to these people, to these these men and their families, and uh, we just really needed to see it through. What what happens in terms of the zeitgeist, in terms of how people experience the movie now in the context of the nearly 20-year wars we've been fighting uh, this week has been uh, interesting uh, with the situation in Iran. Um, it, it gives you pause to, to consider, uh, you know, how useful war is and, and when it should and should not be used. And I think that when you look at Vietnam through the through the prism of time, uh, I don't think you could find too many people who would think that it was great policy. Um, right. But it was one of those things. There was there was initially uh, there seemed to be uh, you know clarity of mission, but then there was mission creep, and yeah. there was uh, all all kinds of political um, conditions that you know drove the leadership to do what they did. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's, uh, you know, it was a tough time for America on, on many levels. Well, yeah. And even now today, I mean, to your point, you know, 20 year wars seem to be a common thing and, and certainly the families are impacted uh, by all of this. And, and it'll be interesting to see how people receive this film. Where, where does the title, the last full measure, where does that title come from? Well, it comes, it's, it's a, it's a little, snippet from the the Gettysburg Address, and um, uh, the, the last full measure of devotion is the complete phrase, and it, it refers to those who fell at Gettysburg and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and what they were willing to lay down uh, for their for their beliefs beliefs on both sides. I think um, I, I think Abraham Lincoln, you know, someone who was, you know, trying to hold the Union together. I, I think he was reflecting on uh, people, you know, brothers fighting brothers on both sides um, with uh, deeply held beliefs, and um, and and so that's what the what the term comes from, and it just seems such. Uh, like such a beautiful and powerful metaphor to describe the actions and valor of William Hart Pitsenbarger. Yeah, and why don't you give us just a bit of framework as, as the storyline. You know, Pitsenbarger did something pretty amazing, saved over 60 or at least 60 men uh, in a scenario. And can you describe for the listeners essentially kind of the premise of the film? Sure. Well, the the, the film really uh, resides in 
in two areas. One is the the distant past, which is Vietnam in 1966, and the other is what we call the near present, which actually took place in 1999, but we don't go to great lengths to preserve the story in that period because it didn't really seem that meaningful. But the story of, of Bill Pitsenbarger was that in uh, on April 11th, 1966, um, uh, a, a battalion-sized um, force called D-800 uh, of, the, of, of the Viet Cong uh, were embedded in a triple canopy jungle, and Charlie Company of uh, the first ID <clears throat> went in there as the tip of the spear in a search-and-destroy mission. And uh, they were trying to make contact, and then Alpha and Bravo Company were flanking them. Uh, they were going to swing in behind and in, in front of them and sort of close a, close a circle around the, the, the Viet Cong and try to terminate that, uh, that fighting force. But what actually happened was it was really it was, a, it was a trap. It was a setup, and Charlie Company, which was depleted, they were only about 134 strong, um, pushed into this area, and the, the veterans describe it as only being able to see, you know, five to ten feet in front of you. It was so mm-hmm. dense. And as they pushed in, they started to make contact and then eventually found themselves in the middle of a full-out um, shooting battle. And it's estimated that there were about 700 Viet Cong in trees, bunkers, uh, embedded, wow. fighting this 134 Americans who broke out into a, a perimeter. Um, but as they took took casualties, the perimeter kept collapsing on top of itself. <clears throat> and because of the the conditions of the jungle, there were there were trees that were 140, 160 feet tall. The army didn't have helicopters with winches on them at that time, and there was no place for a, a landing zone. So the Air Force pararescue um, uh, team uh, heard about this uh, in Benoit and deployed, dispatched two helicopters, and they, they found a hole over the battle and were able to hover down within it and drop their 100-foot winch and were trying to evacuate the wounded uh, on litters. But unfortunately, the the Army guys on the ground didn't understand how to load the litters. They were piling jungle litters within the baskets, and they were getting caught in the trees. And Pitsenbarger, who was uh, one of two PJs uh, on one of the two helicopters, uh, convinced his uh, his CO to let him go down and try to organize and get it all straightened out. And upon getting on the ground, he he saw what deep trouble these guys were in. And uh, over the course of um, several hours, he uh, triaged and saved many lives, got at least 12 of these guys back up to the helicopters, and then stayed and fought and supported these men until he was ultimately killed. Mm. So that is the story that is investigated. Now, uh, back in 66, the... The, the the Charlie Company took about eighty percent, eighty five percent casualties, and were spit out all over the world to military hospitals all over the place. And they had put pits along with uh, another guy, another gentleman uh, named Robinson, uh, up for the Medal of Honor. Uh, Sergeant Robin, Robinson received the Medal of Honor for uh, another uh, incredible. Uh, uh, moment of valor. He lost his life as well. 
But Pitsenbarger's um, medal request went all the way up to the White House and was kicked back down as an Air Force cross. Lo and behold, many years later, uh, the wives of the veterans began to sort of have these virtual reunions via the Internet, which was new technology back in the 90s. And uh, what ultimately happened was they discovered that Pitts never got the medal. And so these men just found, uh, you know, new purpose uh, and and were determined to to get this back before Congress and reconsidered. The movie uh, follows the journey of a young uh, bureaucrat in the Pentagon who is tasked with this job. And, uh, and of course is very reluctant to do it. He's, he's self-important and has bigger fish to fry. Yeah, sure. But as, as we track with him through the story, he interviews the veterans who were played by Ed Harris, William Hurt, Samuel L. Jackson, John Savage, uh, Christopher Plummer plays Mr. Pitsenbarger, Diane Ladd, his mother, the cast goes on and on. And as he interacts with all of these people, he is slowly transformed from a man of complete self-interest to someone of a man of sacrifice like the very man that he's investigating and that's really how the movie lays out well you know what what was so and and again and i can't say this enough it's a it's a phenomenal movie at least it was for me and i was so impressed with the cast of the film too not only the writing but you've got an a-list cast how did you and i know you know this is this is a general statement todd so you know oftentimes people look at hollywood as like anti-military you know they uh you know if they're going to showcase anything it's always going to be in the negative light but you've got an a-list cast in this film star power how did these how did you get these guys to do this well first of all i would say that not only hollywood but people especially when it comes to the Vietnam War, because it, it just, it was the first war that was experienced nightly on television. Yeah. Uh, and war is ugly. I don't care. I, right. I don't care if you're fighting, fighting Nazis and it seems like a good war. It, war is still terrible and it's traumatizing. And I, I think in the Vietnam War, uh, people conflated uh, the people who fought the war with the policies they were supporting. Yeah, great and that is, is, is especially in a, in a war where so many were drafted and didn't have a choice. Um, and then, you know, there were all the people that, uh, that fled to Canada, uh, to avoid the draft. And there was a scene in the movie that, uh, unfortunately didn't make it. Maybe it'll end up in a, in a later cut, but, we also dealt with that where, uh, and this came from my own personal um, uh, interaction with veterans, where I said, well, what about the people that avoided the draft and, and you know, went elsewhere? And one guy said to me straight up, he was a Marine, and he said, you know what, I never, ever blamed anybody who was smart enough to not go. Mm. And But moreover, what he was saying is that those people were – uh, were casualties too. They were casualties of conscience, and they have, like our veterans, have had to live uh, with the shame of of leaving and having to wonder if someone else had to go and take their place. So, yeah. what I'm yeah. trying to do in this movie is remind America that we are all of the same tribe, and that we need to support each other. Because we cannot exist without a standing military. I mean, the, the world is far too complex. 
Um, are there mistakes made? Of course. Um, but the people that go, um, you know, so many of the people that, that fight our wars today, and I've met them at screening after screening, are immigrant families, are people of color, are people of challenged financial means. These are good folks that are, yeah. that are trying to pay back, um, you know, the, 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 with gratitude, um, the, the, uh, the great opportunities that this country has, um, uh, has offered them. So when you get to the actors in this movie, uh, many who are, uh, uh, liberal thinking people, um, they knew from the beginning, just from reading the screenplay and talking to me, that this was never a political movie. Um, yeah. and, and all of the men that, that portray the veterans in the movie were all of draftable age. And like me, they all have their own stories about people that they knew uh, that were drafted or volunteered to go who went, and some came back and some didn't. And those who did come back uh, were traumatized, were misunderstood. And upon reflection, uh, I think all of us who participated in this movie wanted to acknowledge that there was no homecoming for these people. And when you look at what Pissenbarger did, uh, which was – you know, primarily and principally to save people and stop suffering, that was something that everybody could get behind. And so, it you know, we, we never had a problem attracting an amazing cast for the movie. Yeah, and I love that you said that, and I love that you kind of framed it that way, too, because, you know, in the military, we talk about this oftentimes, and, uh, you know, we all get in, and, you know, race, color, religion, you know, preference, all that stuff is kind of, you know, it goes out the window. We might banter back and forth, but at the end of the day, we're really one team, one fight, right? We're so focused on mission. And I think what you show in the film is here was an individual that came down and rescued 60 men. And his question wasn't, you know, what party are you a part of? What religion do you believe in? It was none of that. It was like, we're here together. We're brothers. And my job is to do one thing, and that's to make sure that you get home. And I, I, I love that about uh, your storytelling in this movie. Todd, I think it's a it's a phenomenal piece. Um, I'm I'm encouraging uh, all our listeners to go see this movie. For me, it was very very therapeutic. It, I, I know it opens in theaters. The Last Full Measure opens in theaters. Uh, I, I believe across the country, right? January 24th. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, are there ways that people can promote this movie? Um, you know, help other people understand that it's available out there. What would you say to that? Well, certainly social media is such a powerful thing. Um, you can, if you uh, just Google the Last Full Measure trailer, uh, you can find links uh, to everything. I think our website is thelastfullmeasurefilm.com. Uh, you can go to these places and post uh, up connections. Um, we encourage people to, to uh, organize viewing parties and, and go together. It's a film that um, that if you have a parent who's a veteran, that you never quite understood. If there's an uncle, a cousin, a child, it's a movie that um, really um, uh, garners and encourages conversation. Um, and people tell us all the time after they've seen it that they really want to take uh, their their veteran family member to go see this um, because it really has a, 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 an element of healing to it. Uh, and I'll, I'll just say this, you know, Hollywood is all about one thing, and that's making money. And if you want to see movies like this that 
that aren't exploiting war but are exploring uh, the conditions that surround our warriors, especially when they come home. Um, this is the kind of movie that needs to be supported. And if we get a good turnout the first week, they'll expand it, and it'll be available to more and more people. And as a filmmaker, I would just say that it's, it, it does have great scope, and it's something that deserves to be seen in the dark with strangers <laughs> on a big yep. screen. So yep. uh, I sure hope that people can go out and see it. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it was therapeutic for me. I I was uh, I don't cry very much, and uh, I don't want to scare anybody away by saying that. But uh, for me, it was I, there was my eyes were leaking. Let me say there was a number of scenes where, uh, it, you know, fortunately I was at my home office watching it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it very therapeutic for me. Let me just say, so Todd, well done on that. And uh, I just want to say, yeah, I, I encourage people to go out. And when that movie comes out January 24th, last full measure, be sure you get your tickets. For those of you who are, who are interested, be sure you look that film up. And those of you who are getting ready to transition and uh, want to really discover your post-service identity, be sure you check us out at Operation Military Family or DM me on LinkedIn. And uh, let's get you back on a pathway to success. But uh, Todd, again, thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Michael.